Hello, and welcome to episode 95 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. In this week's podcast, Sean and I are discussing the topic of working remotely. So with that, let's go ahead and start the show. Sean, how's it going? Good, Les. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. We're together again. Two in a row. Two in a row. <laughs> Pretty good for us. Uh, you know, it, it's definitely easier doing this way because you, you know how we've all we've kind of missed. You know, when we first started doing it remotely, mm-hmm. we were talking over top of each other. We couldn't see each other's you yeah. know gestures and things like that. Right, and, and actually, in the beginning, we were over Skype as yeah. well as recording, which which made it a little better. Or well, I guess. That was the second iteration. We tried to do Skype, and then it seemed that Skype was interfering with how we were recording. Right. So we had to get rid of that, and then we couldn't see each other. So now we're actually... We actually got pretty good at it. That's not too bad. We're yeah. at the same desk right now. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes it easier. We can kind of punch each other if we, you know, hey, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I can put my finger to my mouth. Shh. <laughs> so that leads us right into the topic for today. It does. So topic for today is working remotely. So, you know, as, as this world is changing... Technology is rising, obviously. Uh, different ways of doing things, doing business. We've got a lot of these. We hear about these these bleeding edge companies that are coming out and doing things very differently. Mm. Uh, you know how they work, how they function. You don't need brick and mortar. They talk about in a lot of cases anymore. So we wanted to talk about working remotely. You know, so in in traditional companies, which I think Sean and I would classify our companies as as traditional. Brick and mortar right. uh, uh, type companies. You've got a place, and you go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, now we realize that you know in a lot of organizations, uh, people uh, there are roles that you know are traditionally on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, sales, role. sales role is always the one that is mm-hmm. brought up. Um, but you know, in this day and age, how does a company move towards you know focusing on? remote work and still be assured that things are getting done. <laughs> I stumped him. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I, I have so much in my mind because there's so many aspects. It's like, where do you start? Well, because the thing is, and I don't want to forget and make sure that people realize that, that you know, I like to think of the big picture and everything that we talk about, it all interacts. We keep talking about doing things face to face is the best way to get things done. I know. And, and be, and people to people, is is the is the the best way both um, operationally as well as personally. So before we move off of that, why is that so important to to people? And I think there's the, uh, I'm going to go ahead and answer, and I'll let you kind of go behind it. But we still cannot forget we're human beings, and we need to interact mm-hmm. with each other in a way that is you know without sounding too mushy or, you know, but the way we're built is face to face seems more humanistic Mm -hmm. and I don't know what the right, you know, yeah, I guess, yeah, theology or thought behind it is, but we have a need for that. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a need to talk to people and talk to people face to face rather than over a screen. Um, I mean, you hear about mothers that, that are home with their, their children, you know, they, one of the things that they, they yearn for is adult conversation. Yeah. I, I think it's very similar when you are remote 
and in your own office all day long doing something if you're not traveling and then you get on a, a Skype call or a call with with um, your coworkers is it is it as good as being there okay so you know what that's a that's a question we could probably try to figure out or try yeah. to measure or something like that later that we'd have to probably bring in a professional for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a professional. I just slept in a Holiday Inn Express. Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> not that they're paying us for any of this, but no. if they'd like to, they can. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. So I love those commercials. You know, the guys like <laughs> Bull Rider. I'm not a Bull Rider. I just stayed at Holiday Inn Express. I like the surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so that might be the other thing. If we're together, we might goof off more. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but – I guess regardless of, of what we've we've said there about working remotely, it happens and it has to happen for the benefit of the employee as well as the company because you want to you want a regional sales manager in the region that they're supporting, which might not be near the home office. That's right. So that person is going to work remotely. How does and 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 for me, I've worked remotely and I sometimes work remotely between California and Texas. Right. And honestly, I, I, when I'm when I'm not in the office, I want to make sure that the office knows that I'm working. Yeah. You know, because like, they, well, because you're you, an honest and honorable person, and yeah. therefore you there's a need for them to know that. Yeah, to some degree. And, and typically, what happens when you work remotely, especially if you work out of your house, you get up, you make coffee, you wash your face, brush your teeth, and you're in your pajamas working earlier than you would work if you if you uh-huh. had to go to an office, and you typically work later yeah. than if you have to go to an office. Typically, but. You know, the nice thing and the benefit, and I would highly encourage that if you're doing, you know, 12 hours a couple days a week or whatever, and then you to take, you know, an afternoon off on Friday, that'd be great. Just let me know. Yeah. Right? Let me know you're not going to be there. Yeah. I think that, you know, obviously for, for salespeople and people running remote divisions, things like that, I think, you, you know, you get to a certain point in your career and there has to be some um, level of, trust and understanding and expectations. Uh, and, and I think that by having that in place, it's a, I trust that you're doing what you need to be doing because one, you're a leader. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, I trust those people until they prove to me that they can't be trusted. You know, it's up to them. That's the right, to me, that's the right approach, but you have to be a vocal and, uh, Empathetic. I don't know what the right. I don't know what the right feeling term is. And there's my fingers going up in air quotes. Air quotes. Um, that yeah, I trust you, and I really trust you. I'm not just saying it. Right. I'm not just saying it. Um, and how do you? How do you, as the remote person uh, operating outside the office, provide information? Not necessarily always prove that you're working. Copying the boss on fifty thousand emails a day is not the way to do it. No. Um, but. Providing information, um, being proactive on on the progress you're making on certain projects, whatever whatever it is you're, you're doing. If, if you just as a as a as a well, and I hate calling it a report, but as a log of what all is going on, because the thing is, you should be whether you're in the office or out of the office, you should be somewhat logging what is happening, and you should have a process in place to have the information that you generate. Let's take a salesperson. The information that you generate has to be back in some repository that anybody can get to or at least the right people can get to because if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, mm-hmm. that work has to be picked up by somebody else. Right. So if you think of it that way 
and and the culture of your organization thinks of it that way, that, hey, we've got processes in place, this person's doing a job, whether it's in the office or 3,000 miles away, the information is getting captured, reported, progress is made, everybody's on the same page. That's how, you, that's how really you prove that I trust you and and you know, if you're working remotely, I trust the person working remotely. And the person remotely doesn't feel guilty about crawling out of bed in their pajamas and getting on the computer, mm-hmm. you know, because – and trying to prove that they're actually working. Right. You know? You know, and, and I think the, 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 the main thing that I would pick up out of that comment that you were making is uh, the milestoning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's probably the, the biggest part because all you're d- trying to do is since there is a chance of distrust – how do you remove that distrust from the other side? And I think the easiest way is reporting out every so often. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's here's what I'm planning to get done this week. Mm-hmm. Here's what I and then afterwards, here's what I got done last mm-hmm. week. Okay, you got done most of the things you planned on getting done, or you had ran into roadblocks. What were the roadblocks? Communication. Yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's what it comes down. To. Really, what it comes yeah. down to is is somehow you're communicating what you're doing, so that the other people that are responsible for your actions and activities have warm fuzzies. <laughs> I mean, that's really what you're trying to mitigate is them going off the deep end and thinking, "Oh, is this person really doing what he should be? I bet he's out well, doing yeah. things that they shouldn't." And your mind starts to reel. Next thing you know. All those, all those sales guys are a bunch of you know users and don't do anything. You can't do that. That's where the yeah the, the culture the culture shouldn't shouldn't go in that direction of generalizing. Right. Going in, going to MSU like I always I always bring up it's not it's not a university it's make stuff up and if you don't fill the void of knowledge right with accurate information then that person all they can do is go to MSU and yeah. make stuff up and yeah. if they make stuff up. And you've got to prove them inaccurate. I won't say wrong, but prove them inaccurate. That oh yeah, I'm really working. Then you know what? You're behind the eight ball. So right. Be, be proactive at it. Make sure that people don't have an opportunity to make stuff up. Although I will say that that <laughs> depending upon where where you are and who you're talking to, you can tell somebody that hey, I'm doing this, this, and this. And then and then next time you report back to them, they'll ask you, "How was your vacation?" <laughs> Like, Which that's just wrong. Yeah, 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 you know, you can, you can. So be, that means your culture was not ready for it. Exactly. Is really what that is telling yeah. you. You could be the deliverer of information, but if the receiver of information isn't willing, able, and understanding, then you know you might be. So spitting I, I, in the wind. I almost think there's probably, and I haven't thought this through. I'm just now thinking through. There's probably a pyramid here, where at the foundation of that pyramid, there's a trust. Base. Mm-hmm. You have to have trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's probably some other levels to get you to a point where you're a mature organization that can handle people not being right next to you and still knowing that they're getting work done. Yeah, well, you don't know that people are getting work done if they're right next to you. <laughs> That's true. That is true. So, or, or I shouldn't say you don't know. How do you know? So right. the, the same metrics, the same interaction should occur. And, and you can now with technology and Skype and FaceTime and, and if you need to look at somebody or get a get a, a report, I mean that's how your organization should be built. Whether everybody is in the same building or if people are spread across the world, well, well, the only problem with spread across the world is time. So, like you brought up, logging information. So, like for a sales guy, 
And, you know, I personally think that one of the things that I need to get going on is is some sort of tool, such as as a, a base CRM tool, mm-hmm. so that we could be capturing one good data, but two, if we're capturing that data, we know they're doing something. Yeah. You know, if if and if those things are moving along, something is happening, and they're doing what they should be doing. Now, the other part of that is that's still not null null and voiding communication, mm-hmm. uh, but that does help expedite some of the process because you don't want to. Again, flip side of that, deeply micromanage them because then you're not treating them like an adult. Yeah, well, that's where I was going to go. You don't want to be micromanaging. You want to leverage mm-hmm. your skill as the leader to the, the people that are remote, mm-hmm. right? So if, if they're communicating, you know, you got 10 people communicating with you, you know what's going on, you can think of the bigger picture. And they're remote covering however much of the world that you're supposed to be covering. Um, if you're micromanaging them, uh, there's, there's just no way you have enough time in the day to make sure that the person in the northeast of the United States is getting done what they need to get done. The person in Beijing is getting what they need to get done. And the person in South Africa is getting their work done. Wow, you're quite a, quite a global. There you go. It's, global company there. <laughs> hey, energy is everywhere. Energy is everywhere. <laughs> um, you, you know, I think the other one to touch on. So, we, you know, we're, we're kind of picking on sales here a little bit. They're the easy target for this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, in my particular case, we do have uh, some of our technical type people that have to go out on the road quite a bit to resolve issues, mm-hmm. uh, to support the customer with, you know, getting things installed, connecting things to debt gather, communication, equipment that's got to communicate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like HMIs and things like that. Um, you know, so, you know, how do you manage their time making sure that they're not abusing it or even worse, the customer's not abusing them? <laughs> you know that's a, that's a good one right there in the in the fact that sometimes your your person that's out there trying to support them is getting abused by the customer, getting dragged out to a site. The site's not ready. Yeah. They're sitting there twiddling their thumbs. And the customer saying, "No, no, you need to wait a couple more hours. We'll be ready." You know, things. So you've like been that. on a couple of our jobs, haven't you? No, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got those all the time. Well, that, you know, that, that's true. I, I could list off about ten customers, but I don't want to throw them under the rug here. And then, and then the customer doesn't want to pay for that time that, that exactly. the, the technician was idle. Yeah, but you know, and the thing, and then that's another topic. You know, sure. you're back to contracts and right. and what what you're paying for, and you're releasing of the the resource to come out to your site. So you're right, remote technicians and operators. Um, to me, it's a it's a it's a little easier, but communication there again is is the most important thing. The, the the technician needs to let you know as the leader or the manager of that area that that they've been idle for twenty four hours, and this is the reason. And then you can you can contact the customer and say, hey, you realize that having them idle does not does not um, exonerate you from paying for that idle time. You don't if you if you have a contract where you get a technician for five days and they're idle for three days, right. you know, you don't get eight days. Right. You you got two days left to do it, otherwise you have to pay for another three days. So so that and those can be tough those can be tough conversations. So your skill in in contract negotiation and sales is very important there. But it's all about it's all about being aware and making sure that everybody is on the same page, even if it's even if it's something bad. Even if you got to go back to the customer and say, "Hey, here's a back charge for you because you, you idled our people," but your your people out in the field, not that they have to report because they've got to log every minute of their day like a lawyer, but the home office has to know what's going on in the field because the home office thinks, "Hey, I, I've I've got you out for five days. 
I'm going to schedule you after the weekend to go someplace else. And if you're delayed, well, now my schedule is off. Right. And the next customer is going to be upset because the people that were supposed to go to their facility a week from today can't make it because they're held over at another job. Right. So that communication's there. So I think going down the 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 line of departments or personnel within your organization, you know, you and I are both in environments where um, we're building a tangible thing. So, you know, when we started this conversation, you know, a lot of the bleeding edge companies that are doing remote activities are technology based, Mm -hmm. you know, computers, things like that, software development, stuff like that. In our particular world, I don't ever see production ever having to getting to work remotely because they're building something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, you know, someday, you know, there could be virtual, but that's, yeah, for us, that's a ways off. Even, even, even well, like project managers. If you have a well, project where things are being built and subcontracted, mm-hmm. you know that that person's got a full day. And if you're a project manager, you are not sitting idle. No, no, not at all. But now, back it up a little bit. So, what if you have an engineer that, or or a, a, a designer? Yeah, we that, have, that we says, have. you know, hey, I can work remotely and still do my job. I'd like to request that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to request working from home and do all my drawings from the house, and and you all just feed me the information. I feed it back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I think that's fine. I mean, it, it's almost like you know the idea of outsourcing your engineering to you know another country, country mm-hmm. you know, subcontracting it out. Same thing. How do you manage that that, that time and the hours spent for the dollars that you're paying? Now, it depends on how collaborative you are. In our particular case, I don't, I'm not so sure we could do that with our engineer because he does spend a lot of time uh, going out to the shop floor, resolving in- issues on the shop that are happening directly on the shop floor, which actually highlights possibly other issues. issues right, exactly. Uh, agreed. Totally agree. But as dynamic as we are at times, that's easy to say, hard to do. Yeah. Those are my air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, th- that, uh, uh, you know, how, how do we handle something like that? Now I will say this is a, you know, a pot stirring moment where you might want to say, you know, Hey, let's just try it out. We'll ship him out and y'all can't have him on the shop floor. We've got to figure out how to solve those problems because they shouldn't be happening anyways. Do you really want to do that to your company? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it could be so bad. It sends you into a, a hole that you can't dig back out of. And so you have to kind of bring him back in, or well, something. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a good plan. I mean, a, a good plan with solid uh, gates, mm-hmm. with with production at each of those gates. You right. know, you know the, to me, change and doing things that you perceive as better, it's always worth a try. Yeah, you know, as long as you as long as you can bound the risk. Well, in that case, you're actually trying to uh, make your environment more conducive to. Employee happiness, I guess. It's a good. Um, it's a good stool on that uh, leg on that stool. Yeah, you know. So you know, if it if it wins you points and keeps good people, it maybe is an option to do. But you do have to think about the ramifications too, because then people that are in the office and stuck there. I was going to go there with Tim. Yeah, are stuck there. Does it create animosity? Why does that person get to work from home? Home and, and I, I don't. Know. Okay, and well that know. person doesn't have a lathe or, or doesn't have to operate a lathe. If you want to have a lathe at your house and you want to buy it, go right ahead. Or yeah. We're not moving the lathe to your house. Well, so you we're going to start building production stuff in your, in your living room yeah. floor. So people have to understand and the culture has to be one that you're in a position, mm-hmm. you became qualified for that position for a reason. That position is in the office. That position is in the shop. Right. Um, you know, the receptionist, 
can't necessarily work from home because if people walk in the door of the oh, office, yeah. the receptionist can't direct them to the right I spot. I immediately started thinking about phone calls. No, saying, yeah, you can route phone calls to the house and have it come back. That's but, right. But, but you're right. The receptionist does need to be a little more proactive in being able to address people coming in, finding people in the office. Of course, if everybody's working remotely, she's not finding well, but then, anybody. But then, but then that person is an operator. That person then connects the right person with what the, what the customer needs, mm-hmm. whether the customer walks in or, or makes a phone call. Now, I think an organization shouldn't take this lightly. Um, that you know, this it shouldn't be just an experiment. You need to ask yourself whether you're ready for this because uh, just because it's the what you think is the latest fad or what the millennials are doing, you know, <laughs> or or anything like that, is it right for you yet? And and I say yet just because I do think at some point down the road, companies do need to be trying this out and looking at it for specific things and figuring out ways to control it because the world is moving faster. Mm-hmm. And being at a desk, being in a brick-and-mortar scenario doesn't necessarily always make you fast in this day and age. Right. Well, you know, when you, when you talk about that, there is infrastructure that has to be generated. And last week when we talked about, you know, who's on the leadership team, mm-hmm. well, now you get the IT person. That yeah. IT person, if you've got people working remotely, you've got to have – the, the VPN or whatever the, the method of getting connection, remote, access, remote yeah. access, and then security. Yeah. Because even even though you may not be working in banking or, you know, high-tech, top-secret information, people still try to get in and and uh, put out ransomware, no matter who you are. Right. No matter who you are. They, they, you know what? If you're, if you're only a $50 million company, they might only ask for a million dollars. If you're a $500 million company, they might ask for $10 million, whatever. But the thing is, you don't want to have your system held hostage because you didn't have a good infrastructure allowing people to work remotely. Yeah, so I think that thinking through that, don't yeah. don't just don't just dive into you know sending everybody mm-hmm. home. Yeah, I, I think you the leadership team, like you said, as we discussed last week, the leadership team has to truly think through what this looks like, what the ramifications are. Are we ready? You know, how how should we do this? Who should we allow to do this? When somebody asks and we can't justify them doing it, what's going to be the answer? Mm-hmm. You know, and and have that elevator speech mm-hmm. ready. And, right. and if you're going to do it, you should roll it out to the organization. I would not do a test scenario for this little person and that little person because then to the organization it just looks like favoritism. Oh, favoritism mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, yeah. oh, this person asked and they let him do it. You know? Yeah, so, I, yeah, I can't do so it. So you need to have a, a message that comes out that says, you know, hey, we feel our organization is growing. Mm-hmm. We feel that our organization is ready to be uh, mobile, more and dynamic. More dynamic. Uh, we want to uh, get people on board that is ready for that, and here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, have have that that discussion ready when you when you. Get yeah, I think that it's point. always better to to present a topic or an item after it's thought through to everyone, so that people, other people, even you know, people on the shop floor, the do whatever the the other applications that that, that people fulfill. That they don't go to make stuff up themselves, you yeah. know. Because the thing is, the thing is, if you don't give people the information, like I said before, they'll they'll uh, fill it with their own thoughts. Well, and let's keep in mind here, you know, as a as a another thought, we're assuming that everybody wants to work from home. 
Some people, I, I don't know if I'd want to work from home. I've never worked from home in my you know, whole yeah. life. I think to myself, am I the type of person that if I worked at home, would I see other things to do and kind of squirrel and go, <laughs> you know, go mow the yard because it's nice and, you know, it. And you'll work later? And then I'll wind up working at well, you know, the, 8 o'clock at night. But that's the thing. If you've got tasks to get done, yeah. then then as long as you get them done in the 24-hour period that they were due to get done, yeah. does it really matter if you mow the lawn at 1 o'clock and then you work from 7 to 8 at night? True. You unless know? you're unless you're needing to communicate with people. Well, yeah. The, uh, the timing of when you need your activity completed. Right. It's a matter. It's the same thing whether you're in an office or not, right? If if you need to get something done by three o'clock, you know, don't go reorganize your your desk drawers until three o'clock, and then be, and then be late on your deliverable. So now here's another question. Then, so if everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, if a, if a lot of your organization is doing that, then does the organization have a hard time aligning people, you know, at, when they're doing things? You know, if this person is doing things later at night and this person's the crack of dawn person, you know, is the cycle time growing because of that? Something to think about. I I don't know. I really don't know. You know, if you start affecting, you know, your engineer, he likes to work from 1 to 10. And and if you tried to call him at, at, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning because you got a problem, you need to get a drawing done real quick, would you have a problem? Well, but the thing is, you kind of do that now with people that work across the globe. Yeah, right, so true. so if if you do have say engineering in your UK office and they they've got something done, they're ahead of you. So so you sent it first thing in your morning. They started their afternoon. So that's part of becoming a global organization. Exactly, yeah. time just just time zones. Yeah. New York to California, you got a three hour time difference. Yeah, I'm I'm at I'm at work at six o'clock when I'm in California. That's already nine o'clock in New York. Yeah, I've already gotten a couple hours worth of emails from the New York person. And I'm and I'm doing well getting to work at six o'clock, right? You think you're doing well getting to work at six o'clock, but you're already two hours behind the people that started in New York. Right. Well, and then to realize, so so that's the you know the the fifty years of, of business uh, development is that keeping in mind fifty years ago we didn't have email, you know, we were jetting notes around. How did people even survive then? You know, uh, yeah, you know, with computer. I mean, I always go back to it. How did we build buildings and things like that? Now people look at. 17 places past the decimal point for accuracy yeah. where we're on a slide rule, you know, you used to get to, you know, that's about it at the best. Yeah. You know, it, it is interesting. The, 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 the changes that these types of things make and the direction that companies have to go in and make decisions on. And, you know, I think that the, you know, working remotely is going to become a bigger deal. Well, if you think of it too, think, let's think of the benefits. If, if somebody can work from home and get to baseball practice at five thirty mm-hmm. by working until five o'clock, if they worked in the office until five o'clock and then had to spend an hour in traffic, I mean, you're only getting home at six o'clock and then you got to change or whatever, you know, you could be ready for baseball practice at five thirty because you've already got your baseball gear on. Of course, keep in mind, we don't have traffic here in Dallas. You all have the traffic in California. California. Well, that's, <laughs> I, you know, you know, people actually people work remotely because one day, if you think of it, one day a week is twenty percent of your time. If you can save twenty percent of your commute time, yeah, that's quite a bit, isn't it? Oh yeah, you know, that's a good point. So not only time, but your gas, the wear and tear on your car. Yeah. So, I and I always go back to it when now when I, now if at some point Elon Musk gets to the point where we've got driverless cars, you can actually sit in your car and work. As you're going to work, 
but he's I will say this, killing people. I, I, well, and he's not. And, and I know. He's just not. like guns kill people. No. Yeah, he, I know. People don't, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Um, it's all his fault. I know. Elon, poor Elon Musk. You know, you, you're an innovator. You're, you're an innovator, you're, yeah. You get blamed. Yeah. But, you know, that... If we want to go down that that, that <laughs> road here, personal responsibility. You've got to get from place to place. You're going to use a machine. You got to keep, keep control of that machine. Don't yeah. be so dang lazy. Yeah. Well, but but still, then isn't that a good reason maybe for public transportation? Because you could sit there on your laptop and do work uh, as you're taking transportation to the office. It's a good idea, but I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could do it. Be, my attention span. You know, I'm wanting to watch. Well, I was going on around I, me. I, I like. I like. I don't want to be the clueless person to go. I didn't know the gunman was holding everybody up. I was just working on my computer. <laughs> I, uh, I I do like public transportation, but yeah. I mean, I, I to commute every day. Uh, hey, I think I think it's good, and if it if it saves you money, if it saves the environment, because you don't have as many cars on the road. My dur- daughter did it all week this week because she had jury duty. She took the train. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I, like, I like taking the train places. I don't want to deal with parking. And if you want to have a drink, I'm thinking of going to sporting events. And yeah, I yeah. love taking public transportation yeah. to sporting <laughs> events because then if you have a drink, you don't have to worry about driving back. That's right. But um, so yeah, where do, how do we get off on this topic? Working working remotely. I remotely. Guess, as I guess you're moving thing, around. As, yeah, and, and that's a good point about being remote and how do you how do you get from place to place? Well, and using your time wisely. You know, yeah. obviously, like you were saying, saving 20% of your time uh, by staying at home because you're not sitting in traffic for mm-hmm. so much, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a valid question. If you're, in an, if you're in a place where literally you're spending two hours of your time to get to work and, and that is a lot of time. You only have so many hours right. in a day before yeah, it's right. the next day. That's right. So, well, I think uh, – I do think that um, – Remote working is something that all companies are going to have to address. They're going to have to understand what their current platform is. And don't dive into it until you're ready. Right. Uh, But don't be afraid to dive into it. But don't be afraid to address it and dive into it. And build your culture to accept it and Mm -hmm. understand it. And if you have to measure it, whatever way you think is best to measure it, don't overmeasure it for sure. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. But trust people. Measure it the best way that you you measure the people in your own office and uh, get her done. Yep. Well, why don't we go ahead and stop right here. This was a good topic. I liked it. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, we hope you all enjoy it. We will be back with you uh, hopefully the next week. That's right. Take care, Les. Yep. See you, Sean. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man versus Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week.